Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I'm Nate Jones. We're here to help you use Clojure and functional programming together because, you know, Clojure is a functional programming language <laughs> to make your everyday life much better as a developer. We want to eliminate that frustration and all the other unenjoyable things that come along with mutability and its ilk. <laughs> yep, we love it and we, we, uh, we want to help you love it too. So uh, we're in the middle of the series, and uh, so if you need to catch up, go back a few episodes, or if you really need to catch up, go all the way back to number one. We're, we're talking about a system, fictional, of course, but, uh, you know, what, <laughs> what in yes. programming isn't fictional? Um, it's called Sportify. Sportify! <laughs> we're trying to make as many, well, we're trying to make one highlight reel from a game you know, one of those sports ball games that we like to watch on the TV. And uh, so we're in the midst of it. Last time we were up to our elbows in REPL time and uh, we were trying to make it so we just we could just understand the problem, all the pieces of the problem. And that, 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 was, that was a good, you know, set of understanding. So I think now we've, we've got our, 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 our learning done. You know, the learning is complete. Now it's time to get to the programming, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we're using our fiddle files, fiddle file and fiddle files to explore in a very repli way, very uniquely closury way, uh, lispy way if you're kind of a lisper, but especially closure. And we figured out all these parts and now we want to stitch them all together because mm -hmm. our boss came back and said, this is wonderful. I want you to do this every day, maybe two a day. <laughs> and we're like, uh oh. <laughs> Our semi-automated run all the little parts by hand process, which was a lot better than nothing. It's just not sounding quite so smooth and fluid and automated at this point in time. We didn't sign up to be a robot. We yes. signed up to be a programmer. <laughs> so the so the task in front of us now is to try to get this whole process automated from start to finish with as little human intervention as possible. Ideally, we could put in the team names and a date and say go, and then we'll have a highlight video, which we can then upload into the object storage and send uh, an email off to our boss via our <laughs> asynchronous messaging system. <laughs> so there you go. Here's a highlight reel. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good. Yeah, because that's how we humans talk about the game. You know, if if our boss comes in, doesn't come to us and say, "Ah, I need a highlight reel for game number four nine six four five, You know, no, no. He says, you know, I want the the Badgers versus the, let's see, uh, the Wolverines. Yes, the these are fighting fighting teams, right? <laughs> fighting and, uh, happened teams. on Saturday the fourteenth. You know, that's that's the, that, that's the highlight I want. You know. So it's like okay, we're great. not going to so have, have very many highlights if it's the Badgers versus the Doves. You know, it's just going to be, <laughs> it's just going to be a blowout <laughs> versus the Turtles. Turtles. Oh, yes. That's right. You just don't see many teams out there. We're the Turtles. <laughs> we're the Amoebas. <laughs> not, not 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 any fast sport, at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Yeah. And so, so Nate, when you and I, when we are faced with trying to do something like this, so when you're faced with trying to do something like this, what is your approach? Well, well, so like we said before, we've done all the, the learning. We know kind of the structure of the data that comes from each of the systems. So we want to call the data. So we, we have the team names and the date. We want to call the database to get the event information. And the, one of the bits of information is going to be the event ID. And that's what we use to query the MAM, the media asset manager, to figure out all the clips that are part of that event that need to be in the highlight. So that gets us the information that then lets us fetch the media from the object stored, you know, S3. And then we finally have all the data that we need to actually make the clip. We have a bunch of video files we need to concatenate. So then we need to concatenate them and make them one video file. So that's that's kind of like the overall, you know, we, we, we've talked about it in pieces over the last few episodes, but that's kind of the overall beginning to end, soup to nuts. Now we can have a highlight reel. Right, right. And the... The cool thing is we figured that process out through our REPL exploration. You know, we, d- we didn't come into this knowing, right? When, when Alice, the intern, went back to level up her education, went back to school, and we <laughs> were left uh, with this new, this new process that we needed to be responsible for that sadly Alice did not have time to document. We did not know what the steps were, so we figured them out by exploring and figuring it out. And so... One of the concepts I know you and I like to talk about a lot is the idea of a tracer bullet, right? Mm, or sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes people call it like an MVP, but for some reason that name always makes me think of marketing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that name as much, but it's a minimalist solution where we are just going to try to get something working end to end, perhaps even in a little bit of a, a lean and mean utilitarian sort of way, right? Uh, and the tracer bullet kind of comes from being able to see the path of travel from start to end. Um, and so that that's really what we want to put together here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially, you know, when you get down to the code, it's it's a function that does all of those things, sequencing them in the right order and passing data from one, you know, one of those steps to the next one. You know, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the app, the, cake episode that we talked about back in our composition series you know this is the part of the recipe where it's like here's the four steps well then you have to do those four steps in order (laughs) and uh and so you collect those into one function that takes what you want as the input which is the team names and the date and it will give you back as the output you know the the file path probably to the the highlight reel you know probably won't give you back the actual bytes from the (laughs) the highlight reel that would be a little a little too much for my REPL. If you can, if you get a byte stream of a video, can you tap that over to Portal and watch the video yet? I'm just just asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be uh, that might be an unimplemented feature. <laughs> Possibly so. You need to get on that PR, Nate. <laughs> and so, I think in this case, it's not a fancy, super duper, uber functional solution. But perhaps we want to get this fully automated from start to finish using good old-fashioned imperative decomposition, right? We're going to be calling a bunch of functions that do a bunch of side effects because most <laughs> of this is I.O., right? Call the database, get some data, work with that data, call the API, hey, that's I.O., get some data back, I.O. 
pivot it. It's lightly, interesting, you know. Interesting that you would say imperative decomposition because I think in this case we have we have the the the, the parts we are doing an imperative composition, right? We're putting them together, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We are doing an imperative composition because all these parts <laughs> were written already. That which mm-hmm. is I think that's a really neat observation. Because as we were exploring the solution, one of the cool things about this fiddle-oriented workflow is you're actually getting little bits and pieces of working code in your problem space put together that you can continue to use. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we we kind of talked a little bit about oh, I can do this in the you know PSQL database console, or you could I can do this in Postman, or you know you can do these in a, in a variety of other places. But by keeping it in code, we kind of get ourselves a leg up on on an implementation of what we want. So maybe we don't want to just copy that code directly over from the fiddle file, but we at least have you know something we can we can we have the, we have the first bad version at least you know. <laughs> To, right. to make the one we want to keep. Right. You get your learning and you get a little bit of code out of it at the same time. And and sure, that code may not be what you want to use in production, but you certainly have more actual code to work with than you did if you just opened up um, your database explorer and ran SQL statements there in your database or click through, right? So yeah, sure, it's a fast way to learn some things. But we knew we needed to write this, and so we were able to learn and get some code at the same time, which is cool. All right. So now we got to write something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we at least need to start stitching some stuff together. And step right. one is let's uh, get some stuff out of the database, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we already have some queries for that. So we know, you know, kind of the structure of the database. We know what the team and the event data is. And so... We probably have an SQL statement we can use, but might not might not hurt to make an SQL statement for this exact thing. You know, t- given a couple of team team names and the event date, you know, we can go grab grab what event happened that day. Hopefully, they didn't play more than one game that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and so we query the database because we're going to need this unique event ID. And one of the things that we do notice when we're querying this database is. Lo and behold, there is more than one team called the Badgers. I know this is a very extensive sports media company, so they cover all kinds of events. And so what are we going to do? Uh, try harder? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> throw more data at it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we, well, I think for one thing, you, you, if you also query by the date, then you can get a little bit closer. So, but maybe there's more than one Badger team against uh what was it wolverines <laughs> yeah well and maybe the badgers played more than one team on the same day because it was a tournament yeah that's been known to happen and so you query the date and the team the badgers it's, you're not quite there right so it seems like if we te- query against both teams the home and away or the slot one slot two <laughs> and the right. date it'd be unique but how can we know? Well, uh, we go back to our REPL <laughs> um, <laughs> and try. Uh, but I think, I think, yeah, w- I think once we learn what the answer is for this particular uh, instance, we can just, you know, assume that we've got enough data for future cases. 
And sure. And I don't know. You just let's just throw an exception if if we end up with more than one event ID. Like you know, it's just it's an exceptional case, right? Let's just let's use the use the language facilities. Right, right. Yeah, this is we're we're trying to streamline this process. It is a weird thing. And you said we can use a REPL, and that's true because we can go back and query the data, and we can write some more expressions and pull data down and pivot it, and we can. Uh, filter it and we can group by and we can look at that and say you know this constraint seems to hold right it's all part of our exploration but we don't know for sure so it seems like if this does get violated in the future that'll be a rare thing so the exception is a way to go right we throw an Mm -hmm. exception we halt the process human intervention needed it's it's not very pure in this sense but it certainly is also very exceptional (laughs) Right. Just because it's a silver bullet doesn't mean all human intervention is now no longer needed. I mean, yes. a silver bullet has to be fired by someone, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Somebody still has to hold the um, the firearm, I guess. What else would fire a silver bullet? <laughs> a rail gun? <laughs> Are they magnetic? Yeah. I don't know. See, now, now we digress. So we have this event ID that we got back. And so we want to get the clips that are related to this event ID. And the MAM is going to tell us about that. And so we can use that query that we built as part of our exploring to query the MAM via tags because we figured out what that tag looked like, the event tag, the event ID tag looked like. So we've already done this. The cool thing is we've already done this problem. We solved it kind of step by step. So we have all the pieces. So now we're making a function and we're kind of growing this function a piece at a time. And in this function, we're going to uh, give it some input. So for the purposes of this discussion, you know, team one, team two and date mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then just start sequencing this in there. And so you can use a let block because you can yep. make make the first request and then assign the value. And then you make the second request. And if you want to pivot or extract or some data in there, you can take that pure data you got back. Once once the I.O. was done, the data was pure. <laughs> right? And you can process it and assign it to another value. And then in, in the next line in your let block, this is like you're sequencing in your let block definition part, not the, not the body part, the, the definition part, the steps, right? Right. Because they are, the let block, they are, they are, executed sequentially and so you can even name you know you can have a function that does the io and does a little bit of data munging and gives you just back the event id and then you can have another function that you just give the event id and it returns you a vector of you know clip information you know like you can do the uh, the the munging either in that function because you want to encapsulate it or you can do it in this in, in in this let block too right Right. And definitely something that I've done before is I will write those extractors. So you can go back to like episode, our previous series where we were talking about different kind of function types. And so I'd write these, these extractors and these little transforms to give that thing a name because I, I want to, in my let block, I want to read my let block and really understand, okay, what query is running Okay, what mm-hmm. what bit of data am I fetching out of there? I can go and I can look at that function. I can see the shape of the data that was expected and and how it's pulled out, 
right? And so, so by by naming that, giving it a function name, it makes it more readable. It's helped documenting the information. You could mm-hmm. even go so far as is writing a little miniature schema to say, hey, this is what I was expecting to come back. And if I didn't see it, then every schema checking library I've used, Plumatic and uh, is the one that's popping in mind. You know, you, there's a version of it that will throw an exception if it doesn't match, right? It's like halt the process because this is this tracer bullet solution. We just want to, it, it did not go as planned. Stop. Human, get involved, <laughs> right? Here, here's the information, human. Here's all the pieces. It broke. You get to assemble it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or retry, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I and think so- it's an interesting idea to talk about how, like, you know, there's a function that, like, gets you, like, does does the meet the MAM request and gives you back, like, the raw request JSON, you know, probably parsed into, into da- closed data structures. But then there's taking it from that to the list of usable clip information objects, so to speak, that transform can be just done in line right there. You can just be like, oh, you know, and map this and filter that and, you know, all this stuff. Or you can take all those little changes and put it in a a separate function that's like, you know, request arrow, you know, clips. And then you can see, oh, I made the request. I I converted it into clips. Now I have clips. Like, so it's kind of like your, your little mini language here in the let. Just to kind of Ye- say it back. Yeah, yeah. And so it makes it makes this process that you're now documenting in code a little more readable, right? Of course, nothing stops you from having a comment block and saying all the things you want to say. But by making these little functions, it helps make it readable. So we query the media asset manager and we get the objects back the the media objects right we're going to call them clips the metadata for the clips back and we take a look at those and oh goody they have the path into the object store for each of the clip clips we need to download so so we have this big sequence of objects now and now we need to go download them yeah yeah i think yeah and i think it's interesting to point out that at this point in time we can just take those and that be the return value of the function. And this function is already, uh, it's already useful. It's already something that we, could, we, we went from a team, two team names and a date. And we have a list of S3 URLs for, for the clips. So what we could do is we could take those S3 URLs. We could, we could pull them out and, and use you know, the shell or whatever to grab those in FFmpeg on the command line and, and, and finish the job, so to speak. Like we, we, we've gone halfway through the recipe more or less. Um, but it's not like, oh, we got to go all the way to the end before we're, we're 100% useful because we, we can verify what's happened right now just by, you know, outputting that at the end of the function, you know. Right. And you can launch this whole thing using a comment block. And so you, you go ahead and you put a function call to this, this overall sequence process. So you put the function call in there. And then you put the team one name in there, the Badgers, and team two, the Wolverines, and date. And then you evaluate that, and it will run. And so so after the first call where you just query the database and get some results, you evaluate that, and you go, oh, cool, that worked, and there are the results. Mm-hmm. And then you right. write your transform that spits out, you know, extracts the data you wanted from the database to get it prepped to go into your other query. And you have your function return that 
transform, right? And you evaluate that and you go, okay, I did the database call. I got that. Awesome. Then you put the query into the man and then you have your function return that result, right? And so this let block has this growing process and then whatever that last variable you assigned is, you could make it the return value. Or I like to sometimes make a map as I'm building this up. So I make a map where each output from each step is just another value in the map. You know, I named the key, whatever the variable name was. And so then I can run it and I can see like, what was all the information involved in this so far, right? As, as I'm seeing. And so you're exploring your way toward a solution, even though it's very imperative. In this case, you're just continuing to explore your way towards the solution as you build this up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the metaphor to over towards, you know, baking a cake is kind of holds a lot, you know, where you're you're supposed to mix all the ingredients together until there's, you know, no lumps or something. Well, at that point in time, you don't have a cake yet, but you do have instructions about what it should look like at that point. And so by returning a map from the end, I, I love to do that too. Um, you can totally see all the information that that is there that is ready for the next step, whatever the next step is. And in this case, right. the next step is fetching those files. But we'll have to do that next time. <laughs> I think we're running out of time. I can't imagine that's going to be difficult at all. I'm sure it will just be super smooth and we'll just race right through. What do you think, Nate? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, we, I think we've done the easy half of this. <laughs> By far the easy half. All the rest is just, uh, we're just piecing things together. I mean, it's really downhill. <laughs> That's right. So we're building up this process. We're building on top of what we did, what we explored via the REPL. And now we're building up this process and, and growing it. And so we're continuing kind of in this flow of development. And we're working towards this overall process. And so we'll have to continue that next time. And I, and I think just to tack on one little bit more, I've said a couple of times over the course of the podcast, you know, I want to, you want to get to your first rewrite as fast as possible. And so you're, you're, you're on your second rewrite of the code. So you're, you're not writing this code for the very first time, you're writing it for the second time, which means you're going to be picking variable names and function names and that kind of thing better than the first time because you understand the concepts. You're not learning the concepts and writing the code at the same time. And so I think that's that's why this is important. The exploration was important, but this second step of making the code again is valuable because you are you're 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 learning the what what level of abstraction you want in in this tracer bullet. Yeah and and if you just use tools like your database navigation tool and your Postman API exerciser tool and your Amazon S3 client or browsing tool, you still learn a lot about the domain. You still learn a lot about, but you don't learn a lot about how you want to represent it. And so, exactly. so as you're saying, this is your second rewrite and, and you are, your notion of it is also evolving, right? And so it's a very coding mm -hmm. first approach, but it's also a coding light approach. Closure doesn't make you model the universe in this proof system <laughs> that you have to, right. you know, try to get right and revise and revise. Like, like it's very, hey, Jason API, you you tell me what you want to be. Hey, database row, you tell me what you want to be, right? I'm just <laughs> going to sort of roll with the punches and just 
just be okay with whatever you are and kind of build this process up. We can make it more more rigid and more locked down as as we go. We don't have to start there. Absolutely. Cool. That's fun. Yes, that this is fun. And so we hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to tell us about it. Tell us the good, tell us the bad, tell us the otherwise, I guess. <laughs> and a great way to reach us is hop into the Closurian Slack and join the Closure Design podcast channel. We hang out there, we answer questions, we get into great discussion. So that is a, a wonderfully interactive way of reaching us. But you can also tweet at us at Closure Design on X, or you can send us a good old fashioned asynchronous message at feedback at closuredesign.club. We're fans of asynchronous messaging in all forms, including email. <laughs> as messy as they come. And then finally, we can go, if you go to closuredesign.club on the web, you can see all of our show notes. You'll see the, no the, show the notes for this episode and our past episodes. You can see a nice listing of all of our series, including the one we're in. And uh, we got quite a few up there, so go check them out. Yeah, check them out. And we even have code on rare occasion. And you know what, Nate? I, I almost half expect somebody to start emailing us team names and dates. <laughs> <laughs> right. After this episode at feedback at closuredesign.club. Somebody out there is going to do it. <laughs> Well, that's going to be it for this week. And while we're watching our inbox, waiting for team names and dates to arrive, <laughs> we'll be prepping for our next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you.